Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of The New Standard. As always, we have my partner in crime to my left, Neil Kulong. What's up, Neil? Um, I don't know, Lance. Uh, just uh, enjoying the aftermath of one of the worst Steelers games I think we've seen in the last couple of years. Um, that was pretty bad. I, I, uh, I, we, we, were, we were pretty down on it and i think that didn't even do justice to to what it ended up being why this won't pause and stop is beyond me um yeah not not really a whole lot just uh kind of bummed i mean a, a, a really poor performance a poor effort uh, all around i don't think anybody really enjoyed that except for bengals fans probably ravens fans and browns fans as well earlier in the year we talked about sexy tanking and if you didn't, our show is new, so, you know, I understand if you guys did not hear those earlier episodes where we talked about just where the Pittsburgh Steelers were in their development as a franchise moving forward, particularly with Ben Roethlisberger in his 18th slash 19th year. I always get them mixed up. Explain what sexy tanking is for the fans, Neil, and, and why we thought this season was a clear example of that. Sexy tanking is probably best defined as a, a form of rebuild within a team where they don't want the fans to actively think that they're rebuilding. We said all off season, Lance, uh, this team, the decisions that they were making, the things that they were doing all largely suggested they're quietly trying to rebuild a core of a team. Uh, nowadays, it seems most people think rebuilding is tanking. And losing all of your games so you can get, you know, uh, Trevor Lawrence with the, the top pick. That's not what the Steelers are doing. They have too much money invested into thinking, well, at least this was the thought at the time. Uh, they might not be good enough to win three games on the season, so they're going to get a top five draft pick. They were looking to, to be as competitive as they could given the constraints that they had. And those constraints were numerous. And we are seeing them play out in real time, despite the fact that we heard all offseason from other people that Matt Canada was going to come in and every problem they had with their offense last year at the end of the season, especially, was going to be going to be solved. What we were saying by sexy tanking is they needed to find a starting center in the draft. They, they needed tackle depth for sure in the draft. They needed another tight end in the draft. They needed a running back in the draft. They addressed all four of those positions in the first first four rounds, and they might not have been the kinds of players that, you would want to have to start in week one. And that's exactly what they're doing right now because they didn't really have much of a choice. So th this is a rebuild. And clearly th that process is underway uh, with very mixed results to this point. I went to a sports bar today and watched the Steelers for the first time probably in a couple of years. It was an interesting experience. A lot of funny comments from Steeler fans. But I asked a couple of Steeler fans, what is the dreaded R word? And they first, you know, they said Ravens. I said, well, you know, I didn't give you many hints to I'm trying to lead you in a certain way, but this is something it's a dreaded R word, R E where the Steelers are headed this year. And they said, Oh, rebuilding. Rebuilding has a bad con connotation. And it's, it's a terrible thought that comes up in the, in the minds of fans when they listen to ball games. But at some point in time, your team is always going to rebuild. I don't care if you want to call it a rebuild or reload. It happens. 
And when you go into a football season with a veteran quarterback in his 18th year coming off of a shoulder reconstruction, that's another R-E word, a shoulder reconstruction or an elbow reconstruction, excuse me, and you're retooling an entire offensive line, that's another word with an R-E, then it becomes another word with an R-E, a rebuild. And I think creatively we put sexy tanking on it. When you, you know, it all comes down to, you know, what we've talked about for years, me and you, Neil, as we watch football. It's the same thing over and over. If your offensive line is is in flux, you're in a rebuild. I mean, flat out, unless you have a quarterback that's pretty young at the height of its at the height of their powers and you have the offensive personnel to get around it, you're in a rebuild. The Steelers right now, as bad as the offensive line is playing, Ben isn't playing much better. They need 2012, 2014 Ben, maybe even 2018 Ben. And that Ben is not in the building. He's getting beat up. Their offense is beat up. And, you know, I, you know, there's a running joke. If I pick against the Steelers, they're going to win. But I just did not see that the Steelers were going to win this football game. And I think Double H said it best. He said, restock, rebuild, and reset. And one of the things I saw when I looked in this game in terms of why I picked the Bengals, it was just like when you look at the offensive numbers, there was no way I thought that the Steelers could score three touchdowns in the game. There was just no way. I didn't see a path to three touchdowns. They hadn't run the ball consistently. They had not protected Ben consistently. Receivers were not getting separation. Their best receiver was out in Deontay Johnson, and their best defensive player was out in J.J. Watt, or excuse me, T.J. Watt. So there wasn't any reason that I thought that the Steelers were going to win, but I still thought that the Steelers would play a better game. I mean, when you look at this game, Neil, I mean, what's your thought just on the overall effort, how they were prepared, how they executed? Were you just really surprised at just how poorly they played on both sides of the ball, even in special teams? I said last week I I felt they had a tough challenge ahead of them versus a, a pretty good Las Vegas team, but I was willing to give them the benefit of the doubt considering it was their home opener. Typically, uh, Pittsburgh plays pretty well in their home opener. Uh, that obviously didn't work out. This week, I was much more pessimistic about their chances heading into the game, save for the fact that they're now playing their second consecutive game at home. That tends to be a game in which Pittsburgh offensively in particular, in particular does pretty well. Um, that clearly is not going to be a benefit to them this season. Um, it, 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 I don't know how many of these games we've seen where Pittsburgh has played worse than what they did today. They were awful in the second half, and they were off their typical uh, terrible first half. So putting all of it together, there, there wasn't an aspect of this team that, that played particularly well. And really, it's more a, a, a time for fans to come out with defense of whoever their favorite player is because that player played well. Look, nobody played well, okay? It was not a good game by anybody. I don't care how many catches Najee Harris had. Most of those were in defense and deflection. Um, he's a good player. He made a couple plays. He dropped three passes. Uh, the receivers did not play well at all in this game. Uh, nobody on offense, in my opinion, played particularly well in in, in any area and that that speaks to their complete and total lack of production now for a third consecutive game defensively uh they're down some key players i think as we saw this is a team that went into the game 
with 75 consecutive sacks in regular season games. They got one pressure today, Lance. One pressure. The against, the game. against the Bengals. Against one of the worst pass protecting units yes. beside themselves in the NFL. They got one pressure today. And you know what? It felt like that, too. I'm not talking about the holding penalty on, on Joe Burrow's uh, um, the, the run that he had. That would have been a pressure, but um, obviously that was negated. They had no pass rush at all. I'm not sure how much pass rush we could have expected them to have. Down Watt, down Alulu, you've got Jameer Jones playing a, a, a significant amount of snaps. And Michael Bison, Derek Tuska played a significant amount of staff, snaps. You're down Hightower as well. Um, it, it was a complete and total disaster. And frankly, and I, I, I'm not trying to sound you know bitter or anything like that, if Cincinnati was a better team, that game would have been a lot worse than it was. Pittsburgh yeah, had the ball, a chance to pull within a touchdown at one point. Uh, Cincinnati was clearly the better team in, in all phases of the game. Uh, if, if they were better, Pittsburgh would have lost by four touchdowns. They were that bad today. Needless to say, uh, this might be a precursor to our prediction of the Green Bay Packers game that's coming up very shortly. Let's speak to this comment up here by Lee Pate. And I want to ask you two questions, Neil. And Lee Pate wrote, thank you, Lee. Sad to see the decline in Ben. It's time and father time wins again. Let me ask you two questions. Evaluate Ben in this game. I didn't think Ben was particularly sharp. Um, I thought he was under duress, but I, I, I thought some of the ball placement issues showed up again. And I think he was just generally inconsistent. I'm not saying he's seeing ghosts, um, but but I'm saying that he he's not playing quality football at all. So he's not raising the boat or, or, or the tide isn't raising the boat, so to speak. But speak to Ben's play in this game and your thoughts on where Ben is right now. And just speak to this. Let me give you this stat here. And this is from the game book. The Steelers started out punt, punt, interception, punt, touchdown, punt. So in their first six drives, they punted four times and had an interception. And we've spoken to them starting slowly on offense consistently. Speak to those two points. Where is Ben right now in his as a quarterback? And, and speak to the slow starts. Is that coaching? Is that the offensive line again? being the primary culprit is it Ben plus the offensive line why are they starting so slowly on offense and just where is Ben as a player here's the thing let's dive into the 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 slow start narrative first they are starting slowly they are continuing slowly they're finishing slowly they are not a good offensive football (laughs) team I don't think there's another way to put that I don't know how many times I, I would need to say it for people to get it the, the bottom line here is the expectations that were on the offense this offseason were so completely ridiculous, it was laughable. And you're seeing now exactly what I said all offseason. They are a bad offensive team, and they did not get any better. They got worse, and we're seeing that in, in full time right now. Marquise Pouncey did not play well last season. He's better than what we're seeing from Kendrick Green. David DeCastro was not good last season. He's playing. He played better last year than, than Trey Turner is right now. Their tackles are easily the worst pair in the league. And that, that's just one part of their problem. <clears throat> Even with Deontay Johnson in the game, it's not like he was playing especially well. Chase Claypool is not a consistently outstanding receiver. He's a big one. He's an athletic one. He's not a great wide receiver yet. He's an athlete. Um, Juju got hurt in this game. I'm not sure we really would have missed him anyway because for whatever reason, they just he's not getting them anything. Yeah, uh, there's a reason your running back yeah. had, had 19 targets today. Getting to the quarterback. Okay, the quarterback's role in all of this. One, he doesn't have time. Two, he's not hitting open players. The, the second of the two interceptions that he threw today might have been the worst pass he's ever made in his life. I'm not sure 
what he thought he saw on that, but there were clearly three Bengals receivers draped all over, probably Najee Harris. I think he was the intended receiver on that. And he threw it square into the chest of the linebacker, the guy he, he got the first interception from. Um, he should have had a third interception on that bizarre shovel pass to the fullback, whatever nonsense that was. That that probably should have been picked off as well. He played terribly today, plain and simple. He, he played an awful game. Um, he did not make many good throws, and he threw the ball 58 times. You're not going to win like that in this offense. And you get behind the chains early. Uh, you give up big plays the way that they did. You get behind. This team's going to have to throw, and they can't throw. Um, if it's close, they can't run to protect the ball, and they can't score. So you're right. There, there is a problem with them starting the game right now, but there's a problem with them finishing it too. They're, they're not – we're not going to get anything from them. I don't know. What's the season average now, 13 points a game? That seems about right. They're yeah, good for one touchdown a game. Wow. Um, and they missed a field goal today. Week one, they block a punt for a touchdown. That helps. They don't do either of those things in, in week two, and they get, what, 16 or whatever. This is where they're going to be. This is who they are. So if, if they don't have a defense, and we've talked about this uh, plenty of times as well, if they don't have a defense, they're not going to be competitive in games. And they've lost half their defense already through three games this season. So we're going to have a repeat of this game a, a few more times in, in the coming weeks. To put Neil's comments in context, we're talking about an era of football where everything is designed for you to win in the passing game and to score points. And this is a team that scored 13 points today against a Bengals defense that's improving, credit to them, but not a very good defense. But it also has to be taken in context to what the Steelers are right now. Offensively, they are struggling. They are struggling mightily. Um, and, and to, and to uh, Melvin's point, I think you were spot on. Neil is dead on about Najee. He's a down here running back with no shiftiness. But even if he was shifty, it, it, it wouldn't even matter uh, because they're just flat out struggling. Their offense is just flat out struggling. And we're talking about this Steeler team probably has the worst offensive line in the division. This is going to be tough sledding. Let me ask you this question before I want to get your thoughts on the defensive side of football. At what point in time does this become more than sexy tanking, where this becomes a development year, where this becomes a year where you're trying to play it to see what you have to set up your draft and set up your plan for the next several years? Do we get to a point where Ben Roethlisberger is 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 no longer starting, where there's an excuse that comes up to put Ben on the bench to get to that whole development and moving forward actively in terms of what this plan is going to be for the next two to three years. If you needed playing time to know who Mason Rudolph is right now, <laughs> one, you haven't been paying attention. <laughs> two, you're getting – you're, you're not solving a problem. You're giving it a different name. Okay? There's no one to develop. Would, the guys who are playing are the ones developing. That's the problem. They've got. Did, did you notice it? If, if you notice the, the starters bug – on the, the bottom of the screen, when the game came in, they were highlighting the rookies. Half of them were highlighted. They're a very young football team. And they're they're young in the sense that um, Creed Humphrey right now, it is he was the next center taken. Well, a couple picks, I think. One or I think two, so. three picks. I think For it was Chiefs. after the Steelers took green by the Chiefs. The Chiefs 
are not playing good football right now. I don't know how much of that you've noticed. They get away with having a ton of skilled players. Their offensive line hasn't been good. They they allowed plays that that enabled them to to blow a big lead and lose a game last week against Baltimore that might come back and haunt them. They lost today. They haven't played well, and they have a third round pick starting at center. That doesn't help you as a line. These players are not as good as people think that they are. Um, I, I know we all love Pat Fryermuth and everything like that. He I, I saw him get whipped a couple times in blocks. He had a penalty. He dropped a pass. He's a rookie. Dan Moore, is, he's the, the PFF preseason hero, and I get that. But now that teams see him on the field, know what to do, he got destroyed today. He was really bad. Yeah, Hendrickson was tough on him today. Two penalties. Hendrickson just just killed him. Not as bad as poor Chucks on the other side. I don't know. I don't know what excuse he has now, but they're they have a lot of players that they are developing already. They don't need more. That's not going to help anything. So overall, we're we're in. You got to dance with who brought you territory. There's not really anything that you're able to do in three weeks. You can't go to the to free agency and find people. There's no draft. You have what you have. You put this team together. And again, I, I I hate to be that guy, but I don't know why anybody expected this to be any different. This is not going to be a good team early on. And they're not. It, it, it's mostly because they're really young and the receivers are not nearly as good as people think that they are, especially when they don't have a difference making quarterback anymore. Um, it, it, they, they, had a, they had a Ben Roethlisberger empty option play on third and short which if that doesn't speak to the effectiveness of your running game and the confidence of your running game, I don't know what does Ben Roethlisberger taking a ball in an option for Basically it's, it's, it's a move option. So we did option being, he can run it himself or he can throw it. They put Ben Roethlisberger out on the edge to gain yards in a short yardage situation. If things are going well for you, you're not calling that play. If things are going well for you in short yardage, you're not calling shovel passes to, to Derek Watt inside. I read this. Is this true? Somebody tell me. Is that really his first touch as a Steeler? It wouldn't surprise me if it was. But I think it is his first touch as a Steeler this they year. They a power sweep with him and Watt. You could see him all fired up, that Wisconsin pride on the edge, ready to go hit a guy. Whatever Bengals defender it was, it was a linebacker, knocked him on his ass. I mean, just just cleared him out right there. It's like great. That's all. We've been waiting so long for Watt to get involved with the game. His first play out there, he gets knocked on his on his can after like a, a nine yard head start. They don't have internal answers to this. The the guys that they have need to get a lot better, and that's going to take a little bit. I, I love that you said that because I I think a lot of times there there is a segment of fans that think that every answer is a scheme answer. Yes. And football is always about personnel. It's it's about scheme to a certain extent, but it's always about personnel. And, and what can your scheme do to put your personnel in the best position to succeed? If you don't have good players, good players supersede scheme. You can't scheme a average player to becoming an above average to a good player. You definitely cannot scheme a bad player into becoming an average player. You can only hide guys for so long. Coaching staffs see what's going on with your football team. They know your team as good as you do. That's why they know how to attack you. Most good teams know how to attack you, and they know how to stress you and stress your bad areas. So they know how to get after your personnel that's inconsistent. So speaking to this point about sexy tanking and this rebuild, Friday 92 asked the question, how long before this team is a built team? Two or three years. 
I, there's certainly no way to, to say where we're sitting now. I, I can say this. I put him at seven and 10. And to be honest with you, a big part of that was I feel a team like this is, is good. It, it's a good project for a coach like Mike Tomlin. They're not going to quit. They're going to keep playing for him. Assuming they do that, they're going to catch a, a, a hot streak. I said a couple times too, this is the type of team that at some point is going to have a four game winning streak. And we'll also have two, three game losing streaks, at least during the season. It could be worse than that, but they're going to be really streaky. At some point, they're going to put some things together. I think seven and 10, call it six and 11, call it five and 12. It wouldn't surprise me if they land there. And that is where they're going to have to, to really start to look to define who they're going to be in the future because the franchise is not going to sit spending uh, pretty close to the cap this season. They're, they're shy of it a little bit more than they usually are, but pretty close to the cap this year and to have them go multiple games without competing at all uh, without a quarterback succession plan, having seen the two quarterbacks play in the past, they're going to restart that. So however long you would think, let's just say, I, I can't predict any of this, but let's just say, they yes, finish the season. Neil, Neil Stradamus. Yes, you can. Okay. Well, it, it, in an ideal world for me, what would end up happening is they get the right pick to draft the right quarterback that they can build. And I don't think that quarterback is in this draft. I'm just saying that now it's late September. I don't think that quarterback is in the draft. In other words, the guy that can step in week one and compete. And I See? think we had some pretty good ones in the last draft and it doesn't really look like they're competing all that well. I'm sure every so, excuse in the world is going to be given for Justin Fields today, but he looked flat awful. So, so, so it, it takes a while brother, to build that position. You're going so to Mahomes' brother that. is not in the draft? No, I don't think so. Brian Mahomes think. is not in the draft? That's Ryan. Is that his name, Ryan? Really? You know his brother? No, no. I just said Brian. I just made that up. So Brian Mahomes perfect. is not he's, in the draft. He's the perfect Steelers quarterback then. Brian. <laughs> Brian. Come on, Brian. Brian. Hey, Micah Emanuel has a good point here. And we're kind of a little bit freestyle on the show because I don't I don't know if it's worth doing grades. I kind of had a show rundown, but I don't, I don't think it's worth grading. I mean, when you look at some of these numbers, when I'm you look not, at I'm Joe Burrow's numbers, you know, 14 this. of 18, you know, the guy has a 122 rating, and that's another week in a row where another quarterback has a 122 rating, and uh, he throws <laughs> with three touchdowns. <laughs> I mean, I mean, wow. Um, but but Michael Emanuel asked the question, old Ben can't be schemed into a newer version of himself. Well, that is what the offense calls for. And it's it's interesting. Um that, that point is interesting because scheme is not going to save them. They're just going to have to – this is nuts and bolts times. They're going to have to coach. They're going to have to get guys better. And guys are going to have to take their lumps. And unfortunately, some of those lumps may pay off next year as these teams mature as football players or the guys mature as football players. But to, to Mike, speak to Mike's question. Old Ben or his point can't be schemed into a newer version of himself. Well, that is what the offense calls for. Um, I don't know what the offense calls for. And I, I, I said this, this goes in line with everything I've said about the, the over glorification of Matt Canada when he came in. We don't know who Matt Canada is. It doesn't make a difference, though, because the personnel on the field is what plays. I get that there, to, to your point earlier, there is a scheme advantage. There are ways to set players up to be in better positions than what they're in. And there's a very fine line between overdoing that 
and and sticking too true to what you say that you know. What we know, though, about Matt Canada is he was an offensive coordinator in college and not even like the top end college. Pitt, Maryland, he didn't even stay in those jobs particularly long. Um, He's a bright guy. Everybody speaks very highly of him. I'm not even saying that, that he's doing a bad job. I'm saying this is no different than what it was last season when everyone freaked out anytime you said the words Randy Fickner close together. It's not a scheme issue. They're not good enough to do anything other than what they're doing. And I know that because we saw this in 2019 when they lost their quarterback. We saw it last season when they had some injuries and the offense fell apart and the quarterback wasn't playing well. And we're seeing it now. What's the commonality here? The play calling or the quarterback? The quarterback is not capable of doing anything extreme anymore. He's not good enough to put the team on his back. We see that today. 58 passes he threw today. 58. When Ben has 58 attempts, usually you see 430, 440 yards, shade over 300. 19 of them went to the damn running back. One of them was on fourth and 10. He caught the ball in the flat at the, at the, okay. the line of scrimmage, and okay. three guys were on top of him. Okay, That's Neil. their passing game right now. Neil, what was that? I, I just want to ask you, I, I'm watching that play, and – you know, I'm watching that play. I'm sipping an Arnold Palmer. I'm, I'm just kind of tuned out now because I realized the game was <laughs> over. You know, I'm drinking an Arnie Palmer. Big up to Arnold Palmer. Big up to my boy Daryl Brown from Cincinnati. Yes, it is who they, who they. Big up, big up, big up to my guy DB. Um, uh, Can't worry about that. And, and big up to Brandon Vega in the in the chat who says uh, who they. And, and Brandon, make sure you subscribe and like to the program. Big up to you. Way to call your shot. Hey, you know, if you're a Bengals fan, when you beat the Steelers, it is still Steeler week. It is never Bengals week anyway. But I'm watching the play and I had to I had to rub my eyes as if I had something in my eye. I had to rub my eyes a couple of times as if I saw my grandmother butt naked in the bathroom and I didn't want to see that. I was wondering, I was wondering to myself. Why did they throw the ball in the flat on a fourth and 10 to Najee Harris? If, okay, first of all, Najee doesn't slip. He doesn't, he doesn't make people miss. He's a magnet to tackles. That's one. Secondly, did they really think he was going to get 10 yards? I have to watch the play on Game Pass to see who was the number, who I th- think was the number one wide receiver. But that just showed me everything. On a fourth and 10 play with the game on the line, they do not think they can protect. And I think that says everything. At that point, if you're going to take a shot, and I don't want to be cavalier with somebody else's body because they take the tackles, but man, you got to throw the ball in the end zone. You cannot throw it in the flat and let the guy get tackled by 78 Bengals and end the game. What was your thought on that play call? And, And what does that mean overall for this offense, and what is that saying to to the fan base about the confidence of the coaching staff in this offense and in this O-line? I only looked at it once, and I couldn't see any other route that was run by a receiver. But I, I will say this. The Bengals, put, <coughs> the Bengals put every defender up at the line of scrimmage. They showed a massive blitz. Um, 
one of the disadvantages, I'm choosing my words carefully here. I don't want to, to go on the record saying the wrong thing. One of the disadvantages of being in shotgun is you can survey the defense, but they can survey you. And when you look at a blitz, sometimes if, if it happens quickly enough, while the ball is coming as a quarterback, you're looking at the ball. You're not seeing what the defense is doing. I just, my, my immediate thought without being able to see it, I think there were other routes. I think Najee was the outlet route that you throw for a completion to hope that he can, you know, make a, a, a play in the open field, which by the way, I thought he did a really good job of that today. I, he showed a level of elusiveness. I don't think we've really seen yet. I think Najee did pretty well um, in, in the open field. He ran well today, but on that play in particular, I think Ben got it after surveying the defense that was all coming after him. And he thought they were, they were coming after him hell or high water. He needed to get rid of the ball. That's why he threw where he did. I don't think the design of the play was that necessarily. Um, they'll never tell you. We, we can see the play, but it would make no sense at all that by that logic, Lance, put it this way. You're saying there was only one option on a fourth and 10 throw. <clears throat> There's no way that was the case. So yeah, I don't know who else was there. I don't know where else anybody was. I just saw it from the angle of Ben looking at the ball into his hands and getting rid of it as quickly as he got it, because that that's an outlet. When you're looking at a blitz, you throw hot that Najee would be the hot receiver in that play. Um, I, that doesn't mean that something else wasn't open or he didn't see it, but I, I'll say it now. I'm willing to bet there's another receiver somewhere uh, who would have had a much better chance of getting a first down. At the same time, you'll also notice when you look at that play, two of the defenders go right over to Najee. They know exactly what Ben is going to do in that situation. So uh, they, they effed him up, basically. It, it, was a, 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 it was a good defensive play call. I'm not sure what the options were, but I can almost guarantee you that was not an issue of play call. There's no way there was one route on the field on that play. Yeah, thank you for clarifying that, That because that didn't make any sense. It was... It was, it was pretty weird. I mean, it was pretty weird. I, I'd have to look back on it. And so it, it was really, a pretty quick release for four. Yeah, and yeah. I'll like say he, that. Yeah, he got rid of it. He got rid of it very fast. And oh, and Brian Vega brings up a really good point. I believe this was the first time that the Steelers did not get a sack in seventy-five yep. straight games. Seventy-five straight regular season games. That was their yeah, only which is, only sackless which, game. And to not get it against the Bengals is really bad. To be I mean, fair, it's... though, and, and Tribune Review reporter Chris Adamski made this comment to me on Twitter I, I thought was pretty appropriate. Um, they only threw 17 times. So, to yes. be fair, they really didn't have a lot of opportunities to get sacked. Um, I'll tell you this. From what I saw, if they threw 35 times, they wouldn't have gotten a sack. But we know yeah. that they, they didn't have many opportunities today. So, to be but fair, we, yeah, and without their dudes a... and without opportunity, they weren't going to get it. And we saw a little evolution. I did at least last week uh, with their offense that it was really run heavy. It was a lot of Joe Mixon. And I think they mixed Joe Mixon in well in this game uh, because I think they're really trying to take some of those hits off of Joe Burrow. And they see that they have to run the ball a little bit. They can't go empty spread, keep it up to him and let him distribute the ball 45, 50 times a game. They've got to protect the the young quarterback by getting some hits off of him. So let me just do this. As, as we start to get to the end of the show, we've been pretty down on the Steelers for about the first 31 minutes. I, I know that they deserve it. And Hey, it's, we're going to call it fair on this particular program. I mean, looking at this game, looking at the first three games, I mean, what are you encouraged by, by this team on both sides of the ball? And I know it may be difficult for you to find something that Steeler fans can look to to be encouraged by. 
you know, what's what, is the sun still shining? What 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 what's encouraging about this football team right what, now? What's encouraging is that in fact that the sun is still shining. Um, <laughs> I, I don't. I'm sorry. I, there's another game. I mean, that's that's it. They're they're shortcomings are pretty obvious it's not going to take him very long to figure out you, you hope that that can you know increase the efficiency of the week but they're not a good football team there's really no easy simple way around that um i i everybody after the game is going to give naji a pass and probably nobody else involved with the franchise but naji played a good game I, I like what i saw from him today um i'm not impressed by 14 catches and 100 yards because that's really not much um, the Jalen Samuels game, you might remember that where he, he I think Patriots. he had 13 or 14 catches yeah. and I don't think he broke a tackle the entire game. Najee made some moves. Najee had a couple nice plays, a couple run after catches that were, that looked good. Um, he almost broke a career high 46 rushing yards. He had 40 today. One of these days he's going to climb up all the way into the fifties. We're excited about that. It's it, it, they, you know, it, it is what it is. I mean, they're, they're not a good offensive football team. Defensively, you can't even grade them. It, it, it's it's their their midway through the second quarter preseason lineup today. They they didn't have anybody. Um, I don't think their secondary played particularly well. I think James Pierre, unfortunately, the kind of the dog of the game, in my opinion, he he got beat a couple times in that he one. Got, to, he got he got the one to chase. Uh, great catch, great throw. I'll give him that. But Pierre didn't compete the way that he probably should have. Uh, we've seen him compete. He, he's got to do a little better than that. Um, wasn't a good game. You know, it, it, it's it. what we're looking forward to, I guess, is, I don't know, you, you hope that the amount of injuries that they have, there's going to be a lot of new faces in the lineup next week um, once again. And you're going to uh, go to play a team that probably should be a bit better than it has been. Um, hopefully somebody steps up and rises to, to the occasion. And, and maybe that's what there is to look forward to. They're pros. They're competitive. Somebody's going to step up and play. Um, let's find out who that is. The sun will come out tomorrow. Bet your bottom dollar tomorrow. There'll be sun. I guess that's the only week in Pittsburgh. I guess that's what we're saying. Let's jump into this comment from Richard Kokorian. Speak to this comment, Neil. The online coach needs to rethink the making them feel like maulers. How about smart and sound? About making them feel like Maulers. <laughs> that was the plan. That clearly isn't working. Um, they're not anything. They're not any of those things. Um, yeah, it, they're none yeah. of them. I mean, that that was awful. Every one of them had a penalty today, and Chuck's Chuck seemed to hurt himself on uh, after committing a false start. I don't think I've ever seen that before. To be yeah, fair, though, I, I think he had a concussion, and that might have been. Yeah, I think he did. Was, I think he did get concussed so, yeah, when Hague went in. I shouldn't say this. I'm, I'm making a cheap joke. I shouldn't do that. But I, I think he might have jumped to get out of the game. I think he kind of knew he was in trouble. Um, I, I hope he's okay. I, I evaluate him as a, a professional athlete, not as a human being. I'm sure he's a great guy, and I, I wish nothing but success for him. But uh, he had a bad game. <laughs> it was not good. The first penalty, well, officially, according to the rules, you, you charge it to the guy who's uncovered. Uh, because there's nobody else to charge it to. But that penalty wasn't on him. That was – I'll put that on Matt Canada. You run a, a, a offensive lineman shift on the second play of the game. You assume that that's something that you practice. If you practice that kind of thing, 
number one, what you say to the guy moving to the outside or the guy who's on the line, you have to cover the tackle. You need to know who's eligible and the tackles have to be covered. The fact that they got a penalty in the second play of the game for procedure is inexcusable in my mind. The high school level, that's annoying. That's a lack of, of communication. It's a lack of discipline. A lot of people involved with that. They give it to Chucks, but that wasn't on Chucks. Chucks had to be where he was. He wasn't covered. That's the last person on the field's fault. That is it's his. So um, it, it, Dotson did not look good today. Green, boy, that they're not going to be kind to him. Uh, that that was bad. Turner, I, I thought, was bad today. Um, and Chucks was bad. Joe Haig came in. He got it. I think Haig was the only one who did not get a penalty in this game. So Hassenauer and, and Haig were probably the two best linemen in this game. The one guy from Woodbury, Minnesota, and the other guy from North Dakota State. We're going to praise them. Before we get out of here, I just want to mention a hilarious line. I mean, watching a football game in a sports bar, which I haven't done in years, it's just absolutely hilarious. Uh, and one of the lines I heard today, it's all about interpretation, damn it. And I guess that's what it is when this football team, it's all about interpretation. I think this is a football team, uh, you know, where the glass is half empty. And, you know, you know, I made a, a joke about singing Annie, but I, but I think that's just where it is. I mean, this is going to be a season of, it's a rebuild year. It's a sexy tanking year. It's a rebuild year. It's going to be a tough year. This is going to be, uh, the Steelers are in a very tough place. It doesn't help that TJ Watt is hurt. Uh, but let me jump into a couple of pet peeves because you talked about, we talked about the play, the fourth and 10 call. I have a pet peeve with the National Football League. They finally released the Game Pass, and it is absolutely terrible. <laughs> game Pass was the best thing going for 99 bucks. You could see all the games and see Game Pass. They split up the All-22. They split up. They give you the All-22 view and the goal line view all split up, and you can't, you can't fast forward through each of the plays so in the past, I was able to go specifically to that play, watch that play, and not watch any other play. Now I have to watch every single play until I get to that play. Game Pass is terrible now. They screwed up the product. So shame on you, NFL, for killing it. But with that, Neil, you got anything that you want fans to look forward to on the wire? Anybody you want to uh, steer them to? Um. No, not really. Not especially. I'll be honest. I got nothing. Um, Sundays are long days. It, I deal with a, a good amount of frustration on all sides of the line. But um, that is absolutely. You know, we, we've got we've got a lot of football left to go. Um, we, we complain after losses like this. Everybody's super excited a half an hour before the game. So, uh, win or lose, you know, people will be back, and we'll we'll see what this team can become. You know, they've they've got work that they need to do, but. My thought is and has been that this is to be expected. Uh, Mike Tomlin did not say any of that uh, when he was at the podium, and he certainly won't anytime soon. He's not going to give them a pass. Um, but internally, every move that they made was strongly suggestive of the fact that they knew uh, this was the kind of team that they were going to have to to work with this season. They really didn't have much of a choice. They didn't screw up in any way personnel-wise. If it wasn't green and it was Humphrey, I'm sure Humphrey would be having the same kinds of problems. Um, they, they weren't good, you know, and keep in mind, Chuck's is supposed to be on the left side anyway. Moore is not supposed to be playing. Banner is supposed to be on the right side. So they, they are a pretty bad unit, but one that doesn't have the guys that they were uh, supposed to go into this with. And 
I'm not saying that's going to fix everything, but it, it's one step. And I think they have a couple of those that they need to, to get right before um, they can, you know, think about stacking a few wins. It's going to be a bit, I think um, next couple of weeks are going to be tough. <laughs> They're, they might lose them all. Um, wouldn't surprise me if that happened, but um, you know what? It, it's uh, that's football. It, you got to grow with that and get better. And I think that's the, the position they're putting themselves in as bleak as it is. Um, there's a long way to go this season. They got a lot of snaps that they need to, to, uh, to run and a lot of practices um, they need to use to, to get better as players and as coaches. And I think they'll take advantage of that. Yeah. Fans stay encouraged. And, and, and although the Steelers are struggling right now, please continue to support the program. The program is available on all podcast platforms and you can go to YouTube and do a search for the new standard and Lance Williams or Neil Kulong. Continue to support the program. We will continue to bring you the program, and we're just going to call it as we see it, and hopefully we start seeing some better football. But with that, we're going to conclude the program, and as always, tune in, tell a friend, and subscribe. Go Steelers.